Has anybody ever felt like you've ever been in a battle with darkness? And uh, my, my hope and prayer today is that this will help someone and it can help a person who's not uh, currently a believer if you have no relationship with Jesus Christ or someone who is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about the three sources of light that combat darkness. And every one of these things are things we need in our lives. Now, when I was a child, moment of confession time, when I was a child, I was deathly afraid of the dark. Now, I know you look at me now and you think, how? I mean, you're, you're so big. You're bigger than anything else in the dark, possibly. But I was. I was terrified as a kid. And I would require my parents uh, to keep the lights on in my room. They would be left on all night. Or I would freak out if I woke up and those lights were off. And this, ha- this, this happened all the way up into late in junior high. So we're, talk- we're not talking about a five-year-old kid. We're talking about a kid who was getting into be close to being a teenager. And in my mind, if the light was on, then I could recognize any threat that would come into the room. I would recognize any person who might enter my room. There'd be none of those shadows, those scary shadows that form that you're not sure what's casting the shadow. Those shadows would not appear as long as the light was on. Right now, you may be reflecting on your own childhood and thinking of a time when you were afraid of the dark. Because it turns out that as adults, we understand there's nothing in the dark to be afraid of. But even with that, there are adults that are afraid, in a sense, of the dark. A study that was done in the UK uh, found that 40% of adults in the United Kingdom... Uh, were not willing to walk around their own home with the lights off. They wanted some type of nightlight. But what's interesting is this, this common fear that we have about darkness is very natural to all of us. At some point, whether it was in childhood or maybe it's in adulthood, there is some fear attached to darkness. Being afraid of the dark is this universal Fear, And the reason is because it's not the darkness itself. That's not what is frightening to us. It's the fear of what the darkness masks and what's hidden behind the darkness that we can't see. In other words, it is the unknown. We know that there is darkness in this world. We see a news story of someone's child whose life was taken by an unthinkable crime, innocent life snuffed out. And we think of our own children. We ask, why is the world so dark? We hear stories of injustice and we ask, why is the world so dark? We see suffering in all of its forms and we ask the question, why is it so dark? dark we look at our own lives and maybe there's personal devastation of sinful decisions there sin and its results and we see these things and we ask why is it so dark maybe it's your own unresolved issues that pile up on top of you until there's a breaking forth of depression that lingers in life coming and going seemingly at whim you ask why 
is my world so dark? The darkness takes on many forms, and, but this is true. Darkness is a reality. Today I want to give you a remedy for the darkness, and there's only one way to combat darkness, and that is, and it's so simple, it's with light. It's with light. As a child, I knew the only answer was for Mama to leave the light on, and if light was in the room, the darkness would disappear. It's so simple, but yet, it's something we don't talk about very often. And you may even ask, why even preach about it? It's such a simple concept. I'll preach about it because many people have no idea how to turn the light on in their own life. You may not realize that you need a light source turned on in your life. So today we're going to turn the light on. Look at someone that's six feet from you and say, turn the light on. Look at somebody else another six feet from you. Some of you are confused about the distance between six feet and one foot. Six feet, turn the light on. Say it to them, turn the light on. Here are the sources of light, and this is very, very simple, but we're going to go through and talk about each one of these. The light shines from three sources. There's no other place that you can find them. And every one of us is in need of each of these three sources. The first is this, the light shines in the Word. The light shines in the Word. The second place is that the light shines in the Savior. And the third place is that the light shines in His saints. That's the three places that Scripture tells us are sources of light in our life. The first source of light is His Word, Psalm 119 and 130. The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. And that word entrance can be translated as opening and un- or unfolding. So what that means is every time that I open this book, every time that I unfold some things in its meaning and I gain understanding, it shines a little bit of life in my light. And it can be taken multiple ways. It can be that the opening of your words gives light. The unfolding of the words of God give understanding to the simple. But it also could be that moment when His Word that I've taken and I've put in my heart unfolds and opens for me. And all of a sudden, I see something, some revelation or understanding that God quickens in my life that I didn't understand when I read it before. But now I understand because the light of the Word of God is shown in my life. That's the power of the Word of God. Light shines when you spend time in His Word. It will give you understanding of your own sinful nature. It will also give you a revelation of who He is and what He is doing and a revelation of His ways. There's no substitution for this. There's no self-help book that will take the place of this Bible. There's no academic book that's truth trumps this book. There just simply is not. There's just something special about the Word of God. You should be spending time in this Word every day because of the light the second source of light is in the Savior and you need a Savior every one of us needs a Savior Jesus is the only answer to the darkness of sin in your life 
Without Jesus, your darkness will only grow in the grip it has over your life. Romans 1.21 tells us, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. What does that mean? That means that your own thoughts will lead you down a path of deception, if not for God. You need to know God. You need to have a relationship with God. You need a Savior in your life. Romans 1, 28 through 32 goes a little bit further and just shows us the destruction that sin can have in our life. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind, to those things which were not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, malice, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. What's he saying? He's saying the darkness of sin, when it gets a hold of someone, it grows to the point of leading them deeper and deeper into sin, to a place where not only are they looking at their own life and saying, I know this is wrong, but they look at others and they encourage the practice of those same sins. Why? Because of the inescapable tightening grip of sin on a person's life who is unwilling to acknowledge God and obey. Sin with all of its destructive results from which we are unable to save ourselves deceives us into believing it is better to remain in darkness having our sin hidden than to be exposed by the light. Why? Why is it so? Because we love darkness. That's what Scripture says. John 3, 19 through 20. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world. That's a reference to Jesus Christ. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Why do we like sin? Because we love sin. Because we are sinners. Verse 20, for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. Think about that for just a moment. People turn and run from exposing. The worst thing in the world can be being exposed for the truth. This could be rendered, you're practicing evil, hate the light. You who practice the evil, hate the light and do not come to the light lest your deeds should be exposed. Because it's easy to sit there and read it and say they, they, they. But in reality, it's you, you, you. It's my evil. It's my sinful deeds. It's the things that I do that I'm afraid are being exposed. So I hide from the light of God. But the reality and the reason that we need Him is because we need a Savior. We need someone to deliver us from the darkness that we love so much and draw us out into the light and set us free from the sin sickness that we don't realize is operating in our life. Some are blind because the God of this world has blinded them. 
2 Corinthians 2, 4 and 4, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. I have found that most people don't climb into the light or take advantage of the light of Jesus Christ because either they, well, we all love sin, but because they are blind, because they're ignorant, because they have hardness of heart. Ephesians 4 and 18, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. The answer for the darkness of sin that grows in our life, that answer is Jesus Christ. It's God and his answer is through Jesus Christ. That's the only way to get to God. 2 Samuel 22 and 29 tells us, For you are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord shall enlighten my darkness. What does that mean? The Lord is my light. He's the one that's going to take away my darkness. He's the one that removes the veil from my life. He's the one that brings everything out into the open and it's fully exposed. He already knows the sin that's in our heart and so He knows what to expose. He knows what to bring to the surface if we will allow Him. Jesus said this in John 8 and 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And not only is he the light, but he is the eternal light. He shines so brightly that heaven has no need of a sun when he is present. Revelation 21, 23, the city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God illuminated the Lamb is its light. He shines so brightly that no sin can stand before him. He shines so brightly there is There's no darkness in my life that can overwhelm him. He shines. Jesus is the lamb of the light. Jesus, the answer to our sin. Jesus, the answer to the darkness of our world. Jesus, the answer to the darkness that is working to envelop your life right now. He can take the darkness and give you purpose. He can take the darkness and give you a place. He can take the darkness and give you a reason for rising up in the morning. A purpose for living. He can give you the joy that your heart longs for. Jesus is that light. Here's the thing about darkness. Walking in darkness, the darkness of sin, is optional. It's completely optional. Isaiah 9 and 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Your answer is in Jesus and his promise of the Holy Spirit. And he's calling, that's what he's doing. He's calling every person out of the darkness of their sin. He's drawing them toward himself. Ephesians 5, 14, it says, Therefore he says, Awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you Light. When he gives you light, the only responsibility, most of us here, all of us here, we've been baptized in Jesus' name, we've been filled with the Holy Spirit. The only responsibility we have is to walk in the light. Ephesians 5, 8 through 10. For you were once darkness. You were once that darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. 
For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. I love the last part of those verses. You may not always know what is right. You don't have to always know what is right. But you can find out what is acceptable to the Lord. You can learn it. And you only learn it walking in the light that he calls us out of darkness into. The third source that I want to highlight today is his saints. Do you notice verse 8 of Ephesians 5 that we read a little minute ago? You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Look at someone beside you and say, you are light. Jesus said to his followers, Matthew 5, 14, you're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. You're the light in a dark world. Someone right now that you have a relationship with needs a light to shine in their life. And the only place they're going to find that light is whenever they look to you. They're too blind to turn to Jesus. They're too ignorant to find the answer in the Word of God. Uh, And that doesn't mean they're stupid. Ignorant just means they've not learned it yet. They are ignorant to find the answer that they need in the Word of God. They're too blind. But you could be the light that points them in the right direction. That's why Jesus said, you're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. But we have an option. We choose how we treat the light. Verse 15, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. He says, let your light shine. Let it shine for your lost loved one. Let it shine for your neighbor. Let it shine for the fellow saints, the people that are across the pew from you. Let it shine. Let your light shine. You were called to be light. 1 Thessalonians 5-10 through says, You are all the sons of light and sons of the day. We're not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Verse 11, it was on, Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. What does that mean? That means the three sources of light that should be shining in your life is the word of God, a savior, and the saint and the person sitting next to you on the pew. That's the light. That's the place where you find light. And I feel feel like what has happened lately is that there has been this slow disconnecting that's happened over the last year. 
and I'm making a call. I'm pleading with people. Get back together. Reconnect with one another. Get in touch with one another. If we only depend on the church building to do that, there's something wrong. There has to be a connection that is there that we draw strength from one another because we are called to be light. We're called to lead others into the light and we're called to strengthen one another by the light. It's only light that pulls back the darkness in our world. It's only light that's going to pull back darkness in your life. It is the light of God and He's chosen three ways to bring it into our life through His Word, through a relationship with Him and through a relationship with one another. So we need one another. We must have one another. No matter how strong a believer you are, you cannot walk in light alone. You just cannot do it. 1 John 1, 6-7 says, If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. You can't walk in light alone. It's an impossibility. I, I get very disturbed at people who say, well, I'm spiritual, I'm religious, where do you go to church? I don't have a church. And it doesn't matter if it's church hurt. It doesn't matter what reason it is. There's no valid reason. If we are going to walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. There's no such thing as an unchurched Christian. It's just not possible. And if you've been feeling like the darkness of the world is creeping in on you, maybe it's because you've been trying to walk in light alone. And that's not how God intended it to be. It doesn't matter if you were hurt hurt at church. It doesn't matter if you were hurt by another believer and your, your faith was shaken. Whenever you get your faith strong again, it is important that you reconnect to the body of Christ. We are one body just as there is one Lord. And we must be connected. Absent of that, there is no light. We need the church. I need the church. We need the saints of God. We need one another. 1 John 2 goes on in verse 8 and 10. It says, again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Let me tell you, I know when we look at the world, we think the darkness is growing. Darkness is not growing. Light is shining brighter than it ever has before. Light shines brighter in the darkest of darks. There's a reason you can see the stars at night. It's because there's an absence of light. And that's the world that's being created before us. For us, looking out, it looks like darkness. For everyone in the dark looking toward us, they're seeing a light. Verse 9, he who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. He said, I'm giving you a commandment. Love each other. Here's the thing. We are called to unity. And I know that unity is taking on a different form and a different meaning right now. Used to, we thought of unity as just showing up on Sunday and having church. 
But we're going to a place where unity means going out of our way to be sure that we have fellowship, we have people in our homes, that we connect with people on a weekly basis. Or else we're going to feel disconnected and feel isolated. Why? Because there's a source of light that is being reduced in our world. Here's my challenge. This week you should contact one of your fellow saints at Branches Church and encourage them. That's all you have to do. If you don't contact someone, don't complain that someone didn't call you. Because you didn't call anyone else. Take it on yourself to be the light. Take it on yourself to shine. And if you're feeling disconnected, there are saints that you can connect with to get a light shining in your life. There's a reason darkness seems like it's prevailing. Because the saints of God are not going and and using the three sources of light that we have in our life. We have the Word of God. We have a Savior. And we have saints. The way you combat the darkness is with light. One of those three sources of light at all times should be working in your life. All three should be present in some way throughout the day. The Word, the Savior, and the saints. Maybe we need to make a commitment to opening the Word every day. If you're not, maybe that's what you need to do is commit and say, you know what, I've been neglecting the Word of God. I'm going to get up a little bit earlier and I'm going to spend some time reading. You don't have to read the whole Bible in a day. You don't have to treat it like a homework assignment. You just get in it. You let it touch your life. You read it. You spend time with it. Let it speak to you. Maybe you need to work at connecting with the body of Christ, building some relationships. You see people at church, but, but there's this absence of getting together. There's this absence of talking on the phone. Scripture tells us that if you want to have friends, show yourself friendly. What does that mean? It means if I don't have friends in my life, I've learned this over the last few years, if I don't have friends in my life, it's not because people don't like me, it's because I'm not friendly. I've developed a great relationship with several friends that are ministers. We started getting together at times, encouraging one another. I was getting messages this morning. I don't know, you may have seen me pull my phone out and turn my phone off. They were messaging me, telling me, I'm praying for your service today. I'm praying for your church. I'm praying that God does something. But you know what? What caused that is I started intentionally saying, you know what, I need to have some friends that are ministers. I need to reach out to some people. I can't be alone in this thing. And you can't be alone in this thing either. You need to have relationship. You need to have a relationship beyond just a relationship with your pastor. You need to become friends with somebody who is across the seat from you that every once in a while, without meeting at church, without talking at prayer meeting, without seeing someone at life group, You talk to them. Building some relationships with saints, the body of Christ. Maybe you're saying, you know what, if you're you're listening, you're saying, you know what, I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. I don't know where to start. I know that I need a Savior. I know I need God working in my life, but I get into this Bible and I don't know where to start. I'll tell you where you start simple repent of your sins 
What does repent mean? It just means turn from your sin. And the next thing is to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Baptism cleanses your sins and washes away your sins. It cleanses your conscience toward God. That's what baptism does. And His promise is this, that He will fill you with the Holy Spirit and you will know because you will speak in a language you have not spoken in as the Spirit gives you what to say. It's all found in the book of Acts chapter 2. And if you haven't received this Holy Spirit, it's simple. You just ask Him. Say, Jesus, I've heard of this promise. You're giving others the Spirit. Can I have the Holy Spirit also? And you ask Him earnestly and openly and honestly. And then you begin to praise Him for being true to His promises because He is faithful and He is true and He will do exactly what His Word says that He will do. And you'll begin to feel the presence of God. And you'll begin to feel the work that He's doing in your life. And when you feel that, you surrender to Him and you don't wrestle against Him. You allow Him to have His way. And as you surrender it to Him, the control of your life, you'll begin to speak in a language you don't understand. That's the Spirit being poured in your life. It's being given to you right then. And you'll know it because you feel Him. I feel like somebody today needs to make a commitment. I'm going to get in the Word of God. Let the light of the Word shine in my life. I'm going to connect with saints. I'm going to let the light of the body of Christ shine in my life. Maybe it's even going a little bit further and saying, you know what, I'm going to be the light. I'm going to show a loved one, a neighbor, someone I'm trying to reach. I'm going to show them the light. I'm going to glorify God through my good works, and they're going to see the light of Jesus Christ shining in me. Or if you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you need a relationship with Jesus Christ, Maybe you commit to saying, I'm going to pursue Jesus until the light shines in my life and I'm free from the darkness of sin. I'm delivered from everything that sin has brought into my life. I'm chasing God until I have my answer. I wonder if you'd stand with me. We're going to take a moment and give the Lord opportunity to speak to each one of our lives. Maybe you're here, you have need of a miracle. Maybe while I was preaching, God started dealing with something that's going on in your life. And he's saying right now, don't let it pass. Don't go to another day. Deal with it now. We're going to have a time of altar call. We're going to let the Spirit of the Lord speak to us. If you're here and you want to come to the front and pray, I'm going to invite you to come. If you feel uncomfortable with coming to the front, you can stay right where you're at and turn the seat that you're in into an altar. If you're at home, you can turn where you're watching into an altar. But we're going to seek the Lord, the presence of God, and as they sing and lead us, God is going to move into this place and He's going to talk to some people about their life. He's going to confirm some things to you. He's going to minister some things to you. He's going to answer your call and request of Him. Lord, you see every person that's gathered here today. 
God, you see the darkness that tries to encroach in our life, the darkness of sin, the darkness of this world, the darkness of the flesh. God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that you would confirm your word, Lord. Let light shine on our lives. God, help us to be the light shining in a dark world. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give you all glory and honor. Amen, amen. That's it. Talk with the Lord as they begin to sing. Talk with the Lord as they begin to sing. Sweeter name than the name of Jesus. No sweeter. 